thank the Lord, thank the Lord, thank the Lord, thank the Lord. Praise God, praise God. Thank you so much, Brother Bass. And what a beautiful, beautiful conference this has been for me, and I trust that it has been for you. I mean, where else can you get an all-expense-paid trip to come and get to enjoy all of this? Amen. And then just right at the end, you got to pay the fiddler. I so appreciate the fellowship that I have got acquainted with. I believe it was close to 10 years ago. I had the first opportunity of coming. Amen. Most of the time I've left here under my own power. One time I had to get a wheelchair to get me out. He forgot about that meeting that I preached. It was a, a ladies retreat. And when I came back home and in a wheelchair and a full leg cast for, I don't know, two or three months, every time anybody asked me how did it happen, I said, you ought to try preaching a ladies retreat. If you get them feminazis mad at you, you've had it. No, 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 I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Amen. And I'm hoping to leave under my own power around here. I can promise you we're not planning any racquetball games tonight. Amen. So good to be here with you. Thank you to Brother Bass and each of these Men that sponsor and are a part of this group of seven, hallelujah, I appreciate it very, very, very much. The great preaching that I have heard has enriched my life, amen. I told someone on the phone today, I got some songs to bring home to you. They don't know I got some sermons to bring home to them. Amen. Fabulous, fabulous time together in the Holy Ghost around here. I want God to do something extra special for us tonight, don't you? My family roots are from Oklahoma and it's legendary in those parts. The story of the small town high school really, really, really did happen that had the losing streak for many, many years in their football team. Till finally a local auto dealer decided, I'm going to give them boys some incentive. And he offered, if you'll just win just one time, one football game. He said, I promise you I'll give each one of you that were out on the field, I'll give you a brand new car. That next week was hype like you wouldn't believe. Brother, they had visions of sugar plums and... Taking out their girlfriends in them new cars and hooping and hollering and carrying on at the local A&W. And, oh, what they were going to do. I've been to some conferences and I felt like that, didn't you? Ooh, brother, we hooped it up. We talked about all of what we were going to do. And in the end, when the game day finally came... They were once again on the losing end of a shutout, 31 to 0. Amen. The moral of the story is it's got to be a whole lot more than just a hype. It's got to be something that gets in our spirit. Said instead of take me to the weight room, take me to the prayer room. Take me somewhere to get a hold of God. To put into action what I received at score 2001. Hallelujah. And I hope that's your desire here. Open up the Word of God with me, if you will. I want to read to you from 2 Samuel chapter number 5. The night is very young to me. Three hours difference, you know. You're worried about it being a quarter till nine. It's not even six o'clock on my biological clock so you might be in bad trouble tonight amen hallelujah but i'm glad glad to be here 
I read from 2 Samuel and also a verse of Scripture from 2 Corinthians, if you will. Look there with me at these two Scriptures. 2 Samuel chapter number 5. I want to read there verses 6 through 8. If you will follow with me. 2 Samuel chapter 5 verse 6 said, And the king and his men went to Jerusalem unto the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, which spake unto David, saying, Except thou take away the blind and the lame. Thank you, Brother McMullen, for a new definition for the word lame in my vocabulary. Thou shalt not come in hither, thinking David cannot come in hither. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion. The same is the city of David. David said on that day, Whosoever getteth up to the gutter, smiteth the Jebusites, and the lame and the blind, that are hated of David's soul. He shall be chief and captain. Wherefore they said, The blind and the lame shall not come into the house. Second Corinthians 10 and 4. We could quote it, I'm sure. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's absolutely nothing you can do with your hands, with your fist, with your spear, the size and the strength of your arms, all of your brute strength and ability. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. It's not a physical battle whatsoever. Amen. If you will allow me the liberty to say to you, the largest part of the battle is the psychological warfare that the enemy places upon his people. Coming against the children of God. Through our minds and our doubts and our unbeliefs and all of our skepticism toward what can God actually do through little old me. Amen. And I want to, with the help of God, preach to you from these scriptures on the subject, Overcoming the Devil's Bluff. Overcoming the Devil's Bluff. Amen. Would you lift your voice with me right now? God Almighty, I love you. God and Savior, I praise you. You are in our midst, Lord. Your beautiful presence is here. Your beautiful spirit is here, God. I do thank you for every sermon, every message, God. Every touch of the Holy Ghost that we have felt. I'm praying, living God, even now. I have not the power, but oh, through God, I'm asking you tonight to pull down some strongholds. Let the glory of God fill this house, Lord. Let your Shekinah presence, Lord, let it minister now, God. I'm praying in the name of Jesus Christ. And all of the people said, Amen. God bless you and you may be seated. Overcoming the devil's bluff. When we look in the Bible concerning the life of David, I'm sure that one of the main reasons why he is a favorite character of ours is not simply 600 plus mentions of his name in the Old Testament, 60 plus in the New Testament, but David represents the best in all of us, as well as the worst in all of us. 
we can see ourselves reflected in the life of this man as a youngster and all the way through every challenge that he faced in life. He's a real flesh and blood example that somehow we feel akin and connected to him. Amen. And David was facing a task in the text that I read to you that was a daunting, daunting task for anybody to face. He had the responsibility of endeavoring to combine the two kingdoms of the people of God together into that one glorious pinnacle that God had intention for them to have. The capital of Judah had been the city of Hebron. For seven years, David had sat upon a throne in Hebron. He had ruled there. He had ruled very well. It looked like the days of conquest and battle and war are certainly over now. He has reached that place of peace and realizing I'm among my own people. And Judah is satisfied in whatever becomes of the northern kingdom somebody else will have to mess with that. But the capital of the northern kingdom was the city of Samaria. And it seemed like the twain were never to meet. But David was given a vision and a responsibility by the Almighty God that said, Son, you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. You're going to have to realize that where you're at is not my final destination for you. Where you have come to at this place in the journey of life is good and well. The successes uh, are undebatable. You have done a tremendous job. But now I want you to take a quantum leap forward. Uh, I want you to be the one uh, that rules and reigns not only over Judah but the combined kingdom of Israel and Judah put together. The elders from the north came and laid down the proposition and, and asked him if he would be willing to consider such a thing. And immediately the geography of the situation played into it. The realization that if I keep Hebron as the capital, those in the north was surely say I was pandering to my family and to those that are of my natural seed and I was willing to cause all of us uh, to draw down to that city and if I go ahead and acquiesce and go north to Samaria again the cries of foul will be screamed out uh, saying there's no way what makes their spot better than our spot what makes them more desirable than us. Uh, but David knew in his heart and in his spirit uh, that God has already chosen a place. Uh, God has already picked out uh, a man. It was at those times uh, the city of the Jebusites. Uh, if you please, the name Jerusalem had not yet uh, been hung upon uh, the gates of that city. It was a border city. It was never occupied by either the northern kingdom or the southern kingdom. It was that little demilitarized zone, if you please, uh, where them bad to the bone Jebusite hombres lived uh, and said, you guys can have all the territory you want, uh, but you ain't getting this place. You hear me? Uh, you're not about to get this place. Uh, David said, oh, uh, I knew it. I knew it when I was just a stripling of a lad that the Almighty God must have known this was how it was going to turn out. Because, friend, the day that he drug that bloody head of Goliath off of the battlefield, that was not the end of the story. But the Bible said that David carried that dripping head of Goliath.
Goliath uh, not just to his tent uh, but the scripture said uh, he went to that very Jebusite city uh, and he hung it uh, upon the wall uh, as if to say big boys uh, I'll be back Uh, you understand uh, what this message uh, is trying to say to you Uh, there will be a day uh, though you're as big as that giant was uh, that the almighty God uh, is going to anoint me once again uh, and I'm going to come and take this city for the glory of God hallelujah Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There are rare opportunities. It doesn't come along every day, my friend. All moments are not created equal. Rare opportunities in your life and in my life to be truly visionary in this thing called the kingdom of God that we're given our blood and guts for. Amen. There are times that the Almighty God brings us to that place uh, of combining uh, our progress of the past uh, with our yet unattained future that is out there. Yes, my friend, uh, there are times uh, that the successes of Hebron, uh, if they cause you uh, to rest in ease uh, on your laurels, uh, will destroy the opportunity uh, of going on uh, to everything the Almighty God uh, in Envisions for your church, envisions in your family, envisions in your ministry. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, friend, I can't tell you enough uh, about how the devil's psychological warfare works upon all of us. Uh, I said at a breakfast table, and I, I won't call their names. It was not at a restaurant, an informal setting in a mutual friend's house uh, where we had been and, and spent the night together. And I listened to two men, and these two men, if I mention the names you wouldn't know both of them and and men that have done phenomenal exploits for the kingdom of God in their life uh, I, I can't describe to you enough uh, the multi-million dollar complexes uh, that they have built uh, not something that that they got by inheritance but that they built with their own hands powerful ministries uh, I, I'm talking about Churches that are actively, uh, amen, involved in week after week. uh, I'm sure well in excess of a thousand people apiece. Uh, And I listened to these men at the breakfast table as they were talking uh, and saying, you know, uh, when when you reach our age, uh, Phil, when you get to our age, uh, you you just have to stop and realize uh, that the things that we dreamed about doing for God uh, just ain't gonna get done uh, in our lifetime uh, I thought oh you lying devil uh, you don't just pick on us uh, amen uh, that are illiterate uh, without those uh, amen $69 words to use uh, you don't just pick on the poor boys out of the south uh, that never dreamed they'd ever become much for God uh, you work your tricks uh, on every God-called preacher uh, that picks up a Bible uh, to declare in faith and confidence uh, what can be done for God. He works overtime, my friend. Uh, He works overtime telling us, don't even try it, David. Uh, Don't even attempt it. Uh, Don't even think it's possible. Uh, What you don't realize, big boy, uh, amen, uh, is your forefathers uh, have already tried to take that Jebusite city. Uh, They've already made their attempts uh, and they've ran like a bunch of dogs uh, with their tail between their legs uh, in defeat uh, and in shame. Don't ever get the idea that you're any different, that you're going to rise up and do anything big for God. David 
just forget it. Just accept it. It can't be done. Amen. No matter how hard you try, your dreams will never be fulfilled. Oh, hallelujah. I'm here to tell you he was a liar from the beginning. Oh, he is the father of all lies. As a matter of fact, it'd be all right with me if tonight, even while I'm preaching, if I get to walking down uh, your little row uh, where the devil's been lying to you, uh, if right in the big middle of it, uh, you just stand to your feet uh, and scream to the top of your voice, uh, it's a lie! It's a lie, devil! It's a lie! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, that Jebusite city was a den of superstition and ghost stories. Parents scared their children into obedience with stories of those Jebusite demons. Friend, they had it all figured out. Three times in these three verses, the Bible mentions the blind and the lame. And it said they were hated by David's soul. Now before you go home and think that David was prejudiced against handicapped folk, you need to reread the story of Mephibosheth and find the tremendous love and compassion that David had towards somebody with a physical disability that was there. That cannot be what these scriptures are talking about. It cannot be that David, David just had something in him for those with the cane. And those that were having the struggle standing and walking as we heard preached to us so beautifully. It cannot be, my friend. But the... Jewish rabbis tell us that it was a part, a part of rubbing salt in the wounds of them Israelites and them from Judah as they would come from either side of the wall of that Jebusite city. That up on the wall, flaunting and taunting the Jebusites had decided to build gigantic caricatures of two of the supposed heroes of faith of them one God people that lived all around them but had never been successful in making a dent of conquering a city that God had promised to them. Their mind was so deluded, so proud that they took and they actually built upon the wall there with pulleys that they could control it so they could make it like it was moving under the torch lights of the nighttime. And when the shadow of night and darkness would fall and the breeze of the torch lights, every young Hebrew soldier would have to walk along and look up there at a mockery of their dear patriarch named Isaac, the one who was known to have so much trouble with the blindness of his eyesight that he couldn't even, while up close, be able to discern between his two sons that were brought before him. And up on the wall, they say, they placed up there this gigantic moving thing that showed and pretended like a blind man that was trying to feel along the wall. And on the other side, they did the same with Jacob, the father 
of their tribes, the father of their faith. And there they had him in a limping posture going along because they well remembered what happened to him when the angel of the Lord had smote his thigh. And that was their daily constant reminder. The bee and the bonnet, if you please, to try to put the rub on the one God people that said, dream on, dream on, big boys. Do your war chant. Do your hooping and hollering. Get busy and worship your God and talk about all the exploits that you are going to do. But we got the evidence and the proof that you're nothing but a bunch of blind folk. You're nothing but a bunch of lame folk. That's all you've got. The devil is major good. Amen. At magnifying the failures and magnifying the weaknesses of our heroes that we look to and say, Oh God, if I could just be like them, if I just could do what they have done, the devil loves to flaunt it in our face. I'm telling you, he tried it today. Amen. Right here at this conference. Amen. Before I could even come to church tonight, I was called and asked to go to the office and pick up a fax. They're trying to help. Amen. Trying to help a lovely Christian lady whose husband, amen, had preached at SCORE conference. Amen. But now had thrown his life to the wind. Fallen in immorality. Won't even pay child support. Amen. For his kid. Gone. Others brag about being out at the bars drinking with him. Let me tell you, friend, the devil loves. He loves to point out a weakness in anybody that was ever used by God. Ever empowered by the Spirit of God to say, don't you dare think that you're ever going to get any farther. Don't you dare think that you're ever going to accomplish anything great for God. If I brought down the big boys, I'll bring you down. If they couldn't conquer, what gives you the idea, Brother Pixler, that you can do anything in Fort Worth? Yeah, be seated. Yeah, I brought him down. I got the hides up on the wall for you to look at. Amen. I got the attendees of deeper life conferences of years gone by and the dynamic ministries that preached and moved people that are now hides hanging, dangling on my wall for you to look at. I'm preaching to people tonight that you are at the crossroads of your history and your future. Amen. You're at that same place uh, that David was. Yes, I'm not minimizing uh, our successes of the past. Uh, thank God for Hebron. Uh, thank God uh, for every soul we've reached. Uh, thank God for every church we've started. Uh, thank God uh, for every one that's been baptized uh, in Jesus' name uh, through the ministries uh, that have brought us to this point. Hey, hey, hey! Look around, my friend. God said Hebron is not the final resting place. There is a city that I gave you faith for. Whoo! 
when you hadn't yet sat on any throne anywhere. Before your popularity got to this degree, David, do you remember what you felt in your hot heart of faith when you were running with that head? You wasn't going to show your buddies. You wasn't wanting pats on the back. You wasn't wanting somebody to brag on you. All that mattered to you is you wanted to please the Almighty God and fulfill a vision that God had given to you. I'm here to tell you tonight, amen, that God's kingdom needs visionary people. Amen. People with a vision that is oftentimes beyond the limits of the generation that was before you. Don't misunderstand me. Please, please, give me the grace that I need to receive. I thank God for the elders. On a hot summer day this summer, I stood by the hour and wept at my father's gravesite, thanking him for every battle that he fought for me. Thanking God for elders that have gone before us. But I'm going to tell you something, friend. We have got to the place. I, I don't really know exactly how we got there. But we have somehow gotten to the place to where the spirit that Elisha had toward Elijah is no longer among us. We have fostered a mentality that said, if I could just be half the man of God, as what the elders were before me, I would be happy. Can I tell you that is false humility? That is not ordained of God. You say, well, that's all I can hope for. I hadn't done anything yet for God. Had Elisha done anything yet for God? Not one miracle had he performed yet. He had been the church water boy and that was it. But it didn't stop an explosion of a volcano uh, that was working in his heart. Uh, that said, I'm not happy. Uh, a man to have half uh, of what he had. Uh, I'll tell you what I want. Uh, it's a double uh, portion of his spirit. Uh, I want more uh, than what I saw him have. He seen it. And oh, if Anak had looked in the crib one day and said, that puny little scrawny run of a kid, are you sure I'm his daddy? His wife said, I don't know what went wrong, but that's your baby. Honey, is he a midget? Did some genetic problem take place? The second son he gave birth to, he looked down. There was a second little midget. At one point or another, Anik would have said, Hey, hon, you and I are going to have to have a talk. Giants don't beget midgets. St. Bernard's don't give birth to Chihuahuas. It ain't never happened. It won't never happen. Honey, something bad wrong. If I'm a giant, my sons are to be born as giants. Woo! 
hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm sorry, but it worries me. Amen. When I see the generation of giants willing to let and see the generation after them cower down like a bunch of little dwarfs hiding in the shadow, afraid to do or to become anything for God. Oh, my heart is thrilled. Amen. When I looked up on the platform and I saw Brother Pitzler preaching and I looked over at his daddy and I said, yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. When I looked at Brother Wade Bass and looked at his daddy, I said, yeah, that's how the kingdom of hell doesn't want it to be where one generation gets a hold of the genetic faith of the previous generation and crawls up on top of the shoulders and said, I'm reaching higher, Daddy. I'm reaching higher with your help, with your strength, with your support. Hallelujah. I read a book not too long ago. Tremendous book about the life of David Ben-Gurion. If you've ever followed what's going on in the fight over Jerusalem that's happening in our world today, you owe it to yourself to read back some of the history books about those founding fathers of that beautiful Zionist dream of the land of Israel for the Jewish people within the last hundred years. You would understand why the very heart of that nation is being ripped in two by those that are willing to sell out and those that say no way. We are to go on to bigger and better things. There was too big of a price that was paid for what we got for us to ever consider leaving it. Read the stories and the accounts. The book of David Ben-Gurion was a book talking about this young boy that at a young age he held home Zionist cell group meetings in his house. At 10 years of age, he was a part of setting up the Jewish parliament for a government that didn't even exist. He was a part of the group that designed a national flag for a country that didn't have a flagpole anywhere to hang it on. They created a national anthem that there was nobody that could sing it in a non-existent country. At the age of 14, he founded a Zionist youth society, named it Ezra after the scribe Ezra, gave his first major political speech and address and one celebrated rabbi was sitting listening to this 14 year old boy give a speech and the rabbi said he said if we just had 10 more that were just like him in our lifetime Israel would be redeemed if we just had 10 more 14 year olds with that kind of faith And that kind of passion. Oh, God, have mercy on us. Amen. Sitting in each one of our churches. It's the raw materials of our children, of our youth groups. To do something mighty for the glory of God. Against all of the odds. Be seated, but the hardest battle of his life was when his dad, Herzl Green, began to get a little older. The hardest battle of his life was when his daddy began to realize that just maybe, just maybe this dream that we've had is not going to come to pass in our lifetime. And that generation began to acquiesce. That generation of his father began to say, maybe there's an alternate plan. 
plan A hadn't worked, how about plan B? And the United Nations, you can read it in your history books, the United Nations came up with what was called the Uganda plan. They said, if the Jews want a national homeland, we will cordon off a spot of 24,000 square miles down in Africa. We will make sure that they have fertile ground to plant their soil in. We will make sure that they have rivers and take care of all of their needs. And they can live in peace down in the country of Africa. And the Uganda plan was accepted by David Ben-Gurion's dad. His very own dad began to make political speeches saying we might as well. Something is better than nothing. Let's go ahead and consider this as a gift from God. It's not all we dreamed of. But it's 24,000 square miles more than what we've got right now. And if later on something greater can be obtained, we'll then reach for that. But please don't reject this plan. Young David Ben-Gurion had that incredible pain in his heart. That said, no... No, Daddy, no. No, Daddy, no. Don't tell me we can't have what God promised us. Daddy, don't give me the book of Acts and ask me to read it if you're going to turn around and tell me we can't have it in our day. Amen. Rip it out of the Bible. If you're going to torment red hot young hearts of faith that say, my God, through your power, I can accomplish great things for God. Ooh, hallelujah. The speeches of that day are incredible to read. One time the British Lord Balfour, if you've studied, you know the Balfour Declaration. He had a public debate with young David Ben-Gurion, a young man that led the pack. You'll see his name written on the airport if you ever land over there at Tel Aviv. Yes, you will. You'll know of the fame of that young man. But he was young and Lord Balfour with the British Empire at his uh, beck and call was manipulating the scenes. Uh, and he said, oh, uh, come on, David, give up. Uh, give up the idea. Give it up. Give it up. Uh, he said, look, uh, we'll give you that land down in Africa. We'll take care of all of that. Uh, and David said, no. Uh, no, no, I'm not going to do it. And finally, young David looked back at that high diplomat and he said, I'm going to tell you something. He said, would you trade Paris for London? Lord Balfour said, heavens, no. He said, London was ours from the beginning of the British Empire. Young David said, and Jerusalem was ours when London was a swamp. When there were no inhabitants there, Jerusalem was ours. And we will not trade it to anybody, anywhere, for anything. Oh, I'm praying God uh, would put something in the heart uh, and the spirit uh, of the younger generation. Uh, amen. Uh, like that kind of a lion 
hearted spirit. Oh, hallelujah. 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 He traveled the country. Uh, Amen. I can just see him uh, getting up on the stump. Uh, I can just hear him uh, as he's giving his speeches. Uh, And Daddy uh, is trying to counteract uh, and balance it all. Uh, Talking about the gardens. uh, Talking about the livestock. Talking about the peace uh, that they can have. Uh, I'm going to tell you, friend. uh, Amen. uh, This tongue-talking business, uh, it was ours uh, before the charismatic. Goobly goop ever came along. Hey, this business of dancing in church was ours before choreography ever hit the stage of them fake phony churches that do not have the power. I refuse to give up anything that our God has promised us. I can see him arguing with him. Hallelujah. Come on, Bubba. Give it up. Give it up. Don't you understand? Amen. Down in Africa, they've already got the plans made. They've got wells of water that are waiting for us. What more do you want? He said, there ain't a well in the world that tastes like Bethlehem's well. they got rivers down there in Africa. But hey, taking us into the land that they said we couldn't conquer. He seated. He said, Get out of town, fellas. You might have little hills down there, but there ain't no Mount Carmel. Where God answered by fire to vindicate who He was. You might build beautiful cities, but there's no holy city quite like Jerusalem on the planet. He said, you hear me? I ain't giving up. If my daddy gives up, I ain't giving up. If my mama gives up, I ain't giving up. If all my uncles give up, I ain't giving up. If all my brothers give up, I ain't giving up. I read about it. I heard about it. I've been told about it. And I am determined that apostolic Bible is mine for the end time. God has promised us. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give him praise right now. Give him praise right now. Glory. 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 Glory, glory. Is it burning in your heart? Is it burning in your spirit? Uh, is there something about the Uganda plan that just rubs you the wrong way? Hey man, does it stir something up inside of you? Hallelujah, be seated. The battle for Jerusalem was on. Bible said David and his men went to Jerusalem. Oh, God have mercy. If every man in every church at SCORE conference could walk back with your leader and say, I'm with you, bub. We ain't ever done it before. (laughs) Neither has it ever been accomplished in the past, but it doesn't matter. If you're ready, David, I am. If you say it's time to go, I'm ready to go. Said they went to Jerusalem. And David said, see that gutter there? That was the overflow rain gutter. You can read about those in the different cities and pools that were there. That came out in a hidden spot out from the walls of the city. So in the rainy season, the city wouldn't flood. Float away. It was hidden in the walls somewhere. Each one of those cities. 
And David pointed it out. He said, guys, there's the gutter. <laughs> the first one <laughs> up that gutter. And up on that wall to take care of the blind and the lame. He going to be chief and captain around here. Now, if you think the new converts outran the old heads that day, you got to think again. You need to read your Bible. A middle-aged man that's supposed to be worried about my heart, my heart, my heart. You know I can't run with them young pups. Ah, he said, eat my dust, boys. Ah, he said, I've been waiting all my life for this opportunity. I've been waiting for this chance for a long, long time. And the starting blocks and the gun has been sounded. They went to the gutter, friend. It wasn't an easy task, my friend. It was climbing up a slimy, mossy, muddy mess. That if you read about them, in most of them, there was only about 20 inches of headroom. I mean, it was dark and slimy and slippery. You know what it's like if you've ever been there? You climb up a few feet and you slide back a few more feet. And then you dig in your fingernails somewhere else. And you climb up again. Hit another slick spot. And down you go again. But something was burning in the heart of Joab. That said this is more fun than any battle I've ever fought in my life. Hey man, I'm the general. But I'm leading the child. I want it just as bad as my pastor wants it. Do you hear me? When that gets in your heart, when that gets in your spirit, when that gets in the prayer room on a Sunday night, some saints that are saying I want it as bad as my pastor wants it. Hallelujah. His head pops up at the top. And it was just like he thought. Them lying Jebusites weren't nearly as brave as he thought they were. Matter of fact, they was all ducking for cover. Not one of them was there to greet them. As a matter of fact, I challenge you to get your nose in the book. There's not one casualty from the conquest of Jerusalem. Not one person of that one God army was killed in the battle that day. It was all the devil's bluff. Of the psychological warfare. They said you can't do it. Don't even try. Don't even attempt it. It ain't ever going to happen. You might as well quit dreaming those dreams. They ain't ever going to come to fruition. Amen. Give it up, big boy. Give it up. It ain't going to happen. But up on top of the wall, Joab and his men came. Hallelujah. A mighty, mighty victory was wrought that day. There are times that I watch the younger generation younger than I and I see them trying to crawl uh, up their gutter uh, every generation uh, has to cut its own trail uh, yes my friend uh, there are times I wish I could push them aside uh, and say let me climb it for you let me show you how it's done uh, but God said uh uh-uh, uh uh-uh, you can't do it uh, they gotta cut their own trail uh, there's gotta be something beating uh, hot enough in their heart uh, that said, I'm 
do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I might not know how, but I'm going to learn in the process. And in those moments when your pastor comes by and lays his hands upon your shoulders, you're bowed in an altar of dedication. He knows you've been struggling with something, young man. He's trying to transmit some faith unto you. It said, keep crawling. I know you made it a few steps forward and now you've lost that ground that you gained. But don't give up. It's going to be worth it all. It's going to be worth it all when you get up to the top of that wall and Joab burst over the top. I can see him running. Where's he headed for? He's headed for that great big gigantic amen mockery of Jacob. And there with his big arms he swipes at it, grabs the pulleys, grabs the rope, throws it over the wall. He said, look out below fellas watch this it's a lie it wasn't a real thing at all it was a lie of the devil it was a lie of the enemy this city is ours God promised it and we're gonna take it Can you hang with me just a few more minutes? Be seated. Did I tell you that devil's a liar? Did I tell you he was a liar from the beginning? Hallelujah to every one of these preachers here. We bucked and snorted and shouted and danced. I got out in the aisle and couldn't contain myself. When Brother Weeks was preaching about there's only one God. But the devil said your city will not accept that one God doctrine. You might as well give it up. You might as well give it up. I'm telling you devil it's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. You can't preach Jesus' name baptism in your city in the year 2001 and have people coming and growing in your church. What is it? It's a lie, devil. It's a lie. They're hungry. They want it. They're desirous of it. They're waiting for us to get there with the message. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Be seated. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm all for reaching the down and outers. God knows the poor have the gospel preached to them. But I'm going to tell you, you need to get it out of your mind that people with money don't want what we've got. Uh, Sitting in the dentist chair last week, Dr. Martinez, the dentist, looked at me, lowered his voice. He said, the other attendants were everywhere. He said, I got a big favor to ask of you today. I said, what is it, doctor? He kind of looked around. He said, I need you to pray for me. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. He kind of backed away as they came in to do a little more work. They said, that's the funnest day I've ever had at the dentist. Him trying to talk in between uh, them dodging in and out. Uh, Amen. Finally got done and it looked like they were going to mess up a good deal. And I I thought, well, I'll I'll try it. Uh, Amen. Little code phrases here like we heard preached. I, I said, Doc, the deal's on that you talked about. He said, wonderful. Come with me to my office. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I watched him standing there trembling uh, and shaking. uh, Saying from the moment uh, you walked in this dentist office uh, a few weeks ago. uh, He said, I can't describe to you uh, what I felt. Uh, He said, you don't know it, preacher. Uh, He said, but when I was a teenager, uh, he said, I was wrapped up uh, in a Pentecostal church. Uh, He said, I passed out tracks every week. Uh, He said, I did uh, everything that I knew. Uh, He said, we talked in tongues. Uh, We danced and shouted uh, and praised God. Uh, Do you guys do that? Uh, I said, you're mighty right. We do it. Uh, We do it. He said, I got all involved in making money. uh, And it ain't made me happy. Uh, It's brought me nothing but pain uh, and sorrow. Uh, He said, I got to get back. Uh, I got to get back. Uh, He said, I want your church card. Uh, But before you leave, uh, lay your hands on me uh, and pray over me. Uh, He said, something's got to give. It's a lie, devil. It's a lie. You told us for too long that the doctor and the lawyer didn't want it. You told us for too long that the uppity up and the down and outer didn't want it. And there are preacher's wives here right now. Right now that that lying devil has been up on the wall of that city saying the reason, the reason, the reason we're never going to be able to go full time in this church is the message of holiness that's preached. That's the reason our city's too hard. They don't want to give up TV and video. The people don't want to give up their lifestyle. If you're buying into that, the psychological warfare of the devil is winning in your heart. It's winning in your heart. But I would to God that there was a preacher's wife, a man that would stand and scream, it's a lie, devil! We are a part of the church triumphant. The message we preach, they're tired of that filthy life of sin. And as someone comes to the music, be seated. I'm just about done. On a more personal note, there are people in this building right now, right now, that the devil's bluff said you will never conquer your past failures. You'll never be able to give up cigarettes. You'll never get loose from the chains of alcohol. Drugs will forever hold you captive in their prison house. There are teenagers here saying, I can't conquer fornication. spirits are screaming from the edge of the wall saying don't even try to get out of this adulterous affair don't even try don't even try there's young ladies here tonight 
that the devil had said, you'll never keep your virginity till marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Never. Never. Oh, God. I wish there was one. One teenage girl. With enough of God in her heart. My soul hates the blind and the lame. Just like David did. I hate you, lion devil. I hate you. Young man, you'll never give up rock music. Yeah. You ain't heard a preacher scream it out, but you've heard that voice. Over and over and over and over and over again that's taught you carefully crafted ways of disguising it and hiding it a little more carefully the addiction that is there you'll never have a pure thought life hear this preacher it's the plague of our society this stuff called pornography Yeah, we can do all the things we want to do to stop it. The internet. But nobody's yanking phone lines out of their houses. And our young people are having phone sex. Calling the numbers. Hearing all the filth. No, I know what I'm talking about. I just dealt with it this month. On staff at my church full time. I know what I'm talking about. Screaming voices from the Jebusite city. Saying, forget even trying. You can't ever conquer it. You know good and well what's going to happen the next time you get out on a date. Give it up. Give it up. Give it up. Give it up. I'm here to tell you that devil is a liar. If there was a Joseph that could resist without the power of the Holy Ghost, the most beautiful woman in Egypt, daily trying to get his hide in bed, I'm telling you, in the year 2001, God's going to empower some young people with victory to overcome. with me right now. Lift your voice to the Almighty God. Oh, Redeemer. 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 Oh, oh God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh Do you feel what I'm feeling here? Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. 
faith is rising in this place. Shaturamakasatahai.